カハンニャハラミタシンギョー Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Today is, as we announced during the service, the 49th day of Lawrence Berlinghetti's passing. It's also the 89th day of our commit to sit practice. We're almost completing our 90 days. Lawrence was a teacher of mine at the great joy of that many years ago. And in one poem, he wrote, The world is a beautiful place to be born into. If you don't mind a touch of hell. And it not always being so much fun. The world is a beautiful place if you don't mind happiness not always being so much fun. If you don't mind a touch of hell. Some people were talking with me about, well, they've been practicing for a while, and how come it's not getting better? <laughs> the very popular complaint. There was a study done in the 1980s that. Most people stopped meditation practice because they didn't feel like they were getting better. So, this is like a warning label. It's not actually about, it's even designed to make you feel better. So, our being with what is. Today, the selection from Dogen's teachings was while I was staying at Kenanji, many people asked me about Dharma teachings because they had just come back from China and people thought he knew something. Even though there were 
faults and errors in their views. I kept this point deep in my heart and only talked about the virtue of the Dharma as it is, instead of speaking of faults of others. I avoided a lot of trouble this way. This is kind of a continuation of these teachings that he was giving later in Zuimanki about arguing And when is that helpful and when is it not helpful? This is kind of an auspicious time in our Sangha, you know, the completion of the practice period. Next week, the Sangha will install its first Shuso, senior student who's beginning their track practice period. In that role. We'll see how she does. <laughs> the aspiration is that she'll fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> but as she does, showing us how to get up. which is truly the heart of the practice. Not about perfection, not about getting better. It's like our funky little band here at the Zen Center, doing the best we can with imperfect sound, imperfect liturgy, it's kind of funky town over here. <laughs> and yet the willingness just to notice our relationality and learning how just to say like, all oh, right, I wasn't with the group there or I haven't learned that yet. Okay. No, maybe it's not such a big deal. Some of you know I work out every morning with uh, one of my favorite Peloton instructors named Cody Rigsby, and he, he's really funny. And uh, he's always like, your wig is always just, you know, coming off. So just a, get your wig back together. Get your wig back together. It's not a big deal. Just your wig. It's this really interesting balance between like really wholeheartedly practicing continuously with no deviation and realizing we're always going to fall. And that wholeheartedness without squeezing the life force out of it, with our rigidity and intelligence. 
And I think that's in many ways, that's my been my experience of Zen practice itself, because there's so many rituals and we, we don't do anything casual. And yet, how do you have a casual attitude inside of it? All? A tender attitude. And yet, working to harmonize, not just doing your own thing. And not saying, whatever. Or that's kind of cute. We can say whatever for a little bit. Whatever, who cares? And then realize like, all right, of course it matters. How do you hold all of it? Every tool can also be a weapon. Every delusion we have is also the gate of awakening. All of our mishigas, all of our gunky bits are also the places of entry. What would it be like to use Dogen's instruction I keep this point deep in my heart. <laughs> Salud. And only talk about the virtue of the Dharma as it is instead of speaking about the faults of others. What would it be like to do that in yourself? When you're berating yourself or being harsh with yourself, course, and then all, also others. But to be tender, to point deep into your heart and how you are with your own heart and mind. Instead of like, oh, I got it wrong again. I'm inadequate. Anyone ever do that? You of you. Me too. I've been talking a little bit in the last few talks about purity and this idea of purity. You know, this teaching comes from when he was at Kenenji, which is this amazing, really beautiful, rather spectacular temple in Kyoto, the first Zen monastery. And for the beginning of that temple too, was also still a mix of practices in the beginning. As many groups as they're forming are finding their way. 
from the beginning, the first 10 years in particular of that, they were doing sort of a little Zen, a little Tendai, a little Shingon, because that's what people knew. Finding their way into the, the Zen form. So in many ways, like next week is also about how do you find, how do we support the Shuso in finding her Zen. So the Sangha also finds its Zen. And also it's a very auspicious month also because later in the month, some people are committing to teacher-student relationship. Which has been happening for at least 2,600 years. So people getting clear, like I'm not gonna just, you know, do a little of this, a little of that. I'm gonna go to be here. To me, that's that point deep in one's heart. In our tradition, in particular in the white plum tradition through Maizumi Roshi, that heart connection has always been very important deep in one's heart. And also later this month, some people will begin sowing their raucousness. Sowing the Buddha's robe, saying yes. Deep in my heart, this is an expression of that. Perhaps we'll do that imperfectly too. <laughs> so wonderful to see people's rakasus. You know, everyone sews their own in our tradition. And so they're also quite funky. <laughs> Feeling that they're such beautiful expressions where we're at. And many people try to make them perfect drives themselves crazy. How do you try to in practice, never mind trying, how do you stay intimate with what's truly helpful? I find getting up again really helpful. What do you find helpful? How do you recommit to what's truly helpful? What supports you going deep inside of your heart, which is of course the heart of the world? Because when we go deep in our heart, it's not about us. It's about, again, relationality and our impact on other people.
Later in the passage, Dogen says, even if a person does not have an arrogant mind, if they behave naturally, the lowly people around them are pained. This is definitely a big place of practice for me. I'm gonna tend to skew extroverted and joyful. And actually it can also hurt people who are not feeling that way. How do you understand that in yourself? When you feel like you're just doing your thing and somehow that just makes other people feel pain. Are you aware of your impact? For me, this is like a, at least a lifetime of practice. Dogen says, this is such an important consideration in every situation. Like, how are you working with harmony? How are you in relationship? Many of us are like completely not clear that we actually impact anyone and just do our own thing. That's why we can be like a fresh spring and allow that energy to burst forth. It's like, all right, of course everything matters. How I am matters. Dogen says, a person who enjoys their wealth relying on their karmic rewards while paying no attention to the poor and lowly who envy them is called an arrogant person. I don't think he's just talking about money. You know, in our Sangha, we've been doing a lot of work, both on a staff level and a board level and students practicing together, looking at diversity, equity, and some of us call it interdependence, justice. How do we look at how we work with equity? Who's left out? And how we're all responsible. This is not to like make us feel bad because that's not helpful, but to look at it and to take responsibility. I was talking with a friend 
Duncan Williams, who wrote this really powerful book called American Sutra about the Japanese internment camps. And he and another Dharma friend are organizing a ritual in honor of the death of so many Asian people, Asian Pacific Islanders. How do you respond to what's happening in the world? Dogen says, an ancient said, just don't pass in front of a poor person's house riding a chariot. Which also, the chariot can be also in our own minds. I'm fine. My experience is fine. But to realize that we all have some suffering. And from systemic racism and discrimination against different ethnicities, misogyny, goes on and on and on. It's also part of that. How do we honor our ancestors with our biological ancestors? And our Zen ancestors. It's easy to say there's a lot of things screwed up about it. So that is a group, lines of human beings, strange human beings, wonderful human beings. But how do we drop into that place deep in our heart? How do I do that? How do you do that? It's a beautiful poem that I've always loved for a couple decades called Zazen on Ching Ting Mountain by Li Bai, some incredible poet. The birds have vanished down the sky. Now the last cloud drains away. We sit together, this mountain and me until only the mountain remains. How do we allow our stuff to fall away? How do we make commitments to practice? 
Sangha. Some of us have been having some conversations and it's imagining like, what is the Zen center in 450 years? Being inspired by our friend Ryoki-san. Inspired me to start thinking about that. What are, what are we all doing now for 450 years from now. What are we shoring up so that others can dip into these waters and plunge into these springs, allow only the mountain to remain 450 years from now? What are your thoughts, words, and actions? And how do they benefit our successive practitioner family. It's one precious life is really just a small view. That life is precious. I love letting the mountain remain. Not being about me in the mountain, me. Because that is actually the way of things. We'll come and go. As will our thoughts and our problems. How do you take the medicine of this mountain? So I'll close with just those lines from Lawrence. The world is a beautiful place to be born into. If you don't mind happiness not always being so much fun if you don't mind a touch of hell